What is up, my friends? Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be and celebrate our favorite team, who is officially off to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. First, before we get into all that, let me tell you that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. For any first-time listeners out there, I am, like I said, Ian McLaren. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren, and I am a marketer and digital SEO, blah, 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 by day, and a podcast host, whenever, a freelance hockey writer, formerly of The Score, where I worked as a hockey news editor for about five years. I've also contributed to SB Nation, Cup of Chowder, Second City Hockey, Fear the Fin, uh, covering the NHL, and more recently, uh, OHL prospects for them as well. Now, you can subscribe to the show wherever podcasts are found, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast is what I use. If you subscribe, then each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed, typically Monday to Friday, and you can download, listen, and enjoy. I have received a couple ratings and reviews in the last couple of days, which I very much appreciate. Uh, from my Apple people, and if you are one of them, please do so today. That would be very much appreciated. Today on the podcast, we're obviously going to break down Game 5 victory for our Boston Bruins and advancing to the second round of the postseason with a yet-to-be-determined opponent on deck. We're also going to do some much-needed David Krejci appreciation and then take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. But let's begin with... Game 5, a game in which the Bruins found themselves again in an early hole, which they were able to climb out of. We all remember they were down 2-0 to the Hurricanes in Game 4 and ended up with a 4-3 victory after a thrilling third period comeback. This time it was only a one-goal deficit, and the Bruins were able to erase it thanks to power play goals by David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron. Now, as Recently, as about yeah a week ago, eight, nine days ago, so many people were very high on the Carolina Hurricanes after they had defeated the New York Rangers in the qualifying round pretty handily, and a lot of people were down on the Boston Bruins for kind of floating through the round robin and falling from the top seed to the fourth seed as a result, which was you know kind of a bogus thing created by the NHL just to create interest. The Bruins were picked by many to lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. I tweeted out ESPN predictions, uh, and I think like two of 16 people picked the Bruins to win. Uh, Some analytics people suggested even that the Hurricanes could sweep the Bruins. And here we are now celebrating a Bruins series win in five games over the Carolina Hurricanes, just one game more than it took them to win in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That's no disrespect to the Hurricanes. Zidane Chara said they're such a good hockey club. They're well coached. They have a very dangerous lineup. It was not easy to beat them. But having said that, 
it was clear in the games that the Bruins, you know, veteran leadership stepped up, that their experience prevailed, and they were indeed able to turn it on when the games mattered most, as I suspected. I was very, you know, what's the word? Just shaking my head at people discounting the Bruins after the regular season that they had, after the playoff run that they had last year. This is clearly a team that is built to succeed in the playoffs, and the Bruins were able, of course, to pull it out. And their depth and experience was just too much for a a young Hurricanes team that, sure, they're on the rise, but not quite at Boston's level. Patrice Bergeron scored the game-winning goal with a very smart bank off of Peter Mrazek on the power play. He said they were well aware that this would be the hardest game to get. The opposing teams typically throw everything they have to stay in the series when facing elimination. The Bruins have been there in both situations, and they know that they are indeed the toughest, and you need to make sure you take care of business and not let this drag. Obviously, it's easier said than done. I think of last year when the Bruins were behind in their first-round series against the Maple Leafs, heading into a Game 6 in Toronto. They were able to pull that one off and uh, then eventually winning Game 7. And then in the final, they were um, down again to the Blues, were able to tie it up, push it to a Game 7, and then lose. So, you know, either end of the spectrum that you're on, it's very difficult to, to close out a series, especially the deeper you get into the playoffs. And full credit to the Bruins for finding a way into the second round for the third straight year, eighth time in their last 10 playoff appearances their next opponent is still yet to be determined and they're now likely to have several days off before they open up the next series i'd imagine the next round will begin i don't know early next week depending on how long these games uh, or the series still in the balance uh, take to be decided and we'll we'll get to an update on those here in a moment david Krejci, after the game he said all we have to do is enjoy tonight, have a day off here on Thursday, and then start preparing for whatever is next. It's obviously a unique situation being in the bubble. They wanted to finish it off today, though. There wouldn't be any travel, but still, Game 6 would have been tonight uh, in a back-to-back situation, and nobody wanted to have that. Um, I'm sure Yaroslav Halak didn't want to have that, or Bruce Cassidy didn't want to have to make a decision on whether to start Dan Vladder. Uh, Krejci said, we'll take the win and we're happy that they don't have to come back to the rink today in order to, uh, try to, to win the series once again. And we'll get back to Krejci here in a moment with, uh, some very much due appreciation. Both goals came on the power play in this one. Bergeron's, like I said, was a bit of a bank. He said he saw that Mrazek kind of stood up. And he was just trying to catch him, throw it at his feet, see what happens. He knew that there wasn't much time left in the period. I think there was three and a half seconds left. So he said, why not try it? He couldn't really set it up and have another shot out in front of the net. So he was just trying to put it on net, catch him standing up. And that's exactly what he did. The power play went two for three on the night. It's now five for 14 since game two. They started out the postseason, including the round robin, 
0 for 13 on the man advantage. So things are slowly getting back to where we expect them to be on the power play. The Bruins, with David Pasternak back in the lineup, had the advantage of putting out a first unit that included Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshan, Krejci, and Tori Krug, which is just a ridiculous first unit. And we'll see if that group continues or if they put Krejci on uh, the second unit to try to keep them going. Bergeron said earlier in the series, the power play was not the way we wanted it. We got better as the series went on, having two goals tonight, but also they could have had a couple more. When you don't score, you can still create momentum for your team and energy, and that's what you want from your special teams on both sides, power play and penalty kill. And Bergeron thought they saw that effectively in Game 5. I mentioned David Pasternak was back in the lineup. He missed three games with an undisclosed injury. He uh, assisted on both of the Bruins' goals, recorded five shots on net with 20 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time, which was second only to Marchand's 21.04. He said he felt better after every shift. It was good to be back with the guys. Anytime you're watching the games from the stands, it's tough. We all saw the shots of him sitting alone in the stands, masked up, looking a bit forlorn, not being able to be on the ice. And he said he was really happy he was back and it was a great series. Now he'll have even more time to um, get back in the groove in terms of practice, shake off any effects from that injury, and uh, hopefully he's 100% for the next round. And, and certainly the Bruins are better with him in the lineup than not, despite the fact they went 2-1 and one in this round without him. Before we move on, let's chat for a moment about rockauto.com. Did you know that chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Well, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. It's for everybody, does not require membership or account login to access. So if you're looking for something as small as a gas cap or a more complicated part like uh, brakes or something that you want to try to do yourself, you can go to rockauto.com, see their extensive catalog, and order it, reliably low prices, straight to your door, and you can get working in your car. I've had a situation where uh, my mechanic didn't have a part. I looked it up on rockauto.com, was able to order it, take it to them, and they were able to fix it for me. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, a huge story for the Bruins in the playoffs so far is the play of David Krejci, who always seems to elevate his game in the playoffs. That's no discredit to his regular season performance, where he is a 0.75 point-per-game player. In the playoffs, however, for his career, that number rises to 0.8 points per game, with now... 39 goals, 73 assists for 112 points in 140 career playoff games. David Pasternak, after the game, said, We all love playoff Kretsch. He's unbelievable. 
Looking back, Krejci, who leads the Bruins in scoring at the moment in the playoffs, he has three goals and six assists for nine points through eight games, including the round robin, which counts as playoff stats. He previously led the Bruins in scoring in both 2011 and 2013. I've said many times that if the Bruins had won in 2013, he would have been uh, without question the Conn Smythe winner. And at 34 years old, nine points, three goals through eight games, he's rejuvenating a Bruins second line that now has the benefit of consistent and quality wingers in Jake DeBrust and Andre Kasha. Bruce Cassidy, after the game, he said he's learned that Krejci is a big-time player. He's seen it in the playoffs now every year he's been here. Krejci, in Cassidy's words, is a real competitor, good team guy, well-liked in the room, quiet, with a good hockey mind. You can always talk to him about the game and get good responses and good dialogue and a guy that loves the game. He just doesn't show it maybe like some other people would because he is kind of more of a composed guy that way, but certainly one of the more fierce competitors in terms of inner drive that he's been around, Bruce Cassidy said. In game five, he sparked the Bruins with a power play goal from the doorstep to tie the game at one with 440 remaining in the second period. And just under five minutes later, he assisted on Bergeron's power play marker again with about four seconds to go in the second period. Pasternak said he has so much experience and his hockey patience is incredible. Pasternak provided the primary assist on Krejci's goal after having the puck kind of go off his leg and land on the doorstep for Krejci to bang it in. The power play is just, I can't even tell how good of a player he is. Pasternak continued. He always seems like he makes a great play. Just when you think he's going to lose it, he always finds a way to recover and make a great play. We scored some big goals and obviously Kretsch was a big key on the power play. Now Krejci stepped into David Pasternak's usual role on the power play in his absence. Like I mentioned earlier, he was kept on the top power play unit. And if that group stays together, uh, it's hard to see a better top power play unit in the NHL than them. Cassidy said the Bruins had a pretty good power play as it was, but this is a way to get Krejci more involved on the top unit. With Pasternak not having a lot of reps, you saw the puck move around to the other side a little bit more because those guys are more into the game flow of things. Those guys were all amenable to being in one group and it worked out for us. It just gives the Bruins that extra flexibility on the power play and like I said, it, it really paid dividends, certainly in Game 5, and uh, I would expect that group will stay together uh, once the second round resumes. All told, against the Carolina Hurricanes, Krejci had three goals and five assists for eight points in those five games. Uh, just a beast of a performance for him, and uh, the Bruins are certainly very fortunate to have not only Krejci in the second line spot, but then to build around Coyle on the third line. In this game, uh, it was Corrali on the left side and Jackson Nika on the right side with Lindholm centering the fourth line of Joaquin Nordstrom and Chris Wagner. Uh, for my money, I'd say keep that lineup together for the first game of the next round at least. 
Uh, Bjork played well in the first round, but this lineup to me is uh, the best that the Bruins can do at the moment. Uh, maybe with, I, I don't know, bringing, yeah, not really bringing Richie back, maybe bringing Bjork back to play on the third line um, and put Bump Corrali back down to the fourth line. But we'll see how sh- things shake out in practice between now and the start of the second round. And, uh, but yeah, to have Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, and then DeBrusque, Krejci, Kasha on the second line. Uh, Kasha wasn't rewarded much in terms of stats, but he certainly uh, played extremely well for the Bruins in his first go around in the playoffs in black and gold. And Don Sweeney does indeed look like a Sweeneyus for pulling off that move. Overall for the Bruins, over the course of the eight games, yes, they've uh, struggled a bit, but they're still carrying play with a positive Corsi percentage. And they have a PDO of 97.4, meaning their 5-on-5 production is due to increase at some point. They're currently ranked... uh, 15th among the 24 teams that started in the playoffs with a 5-on-5 uh, shooting percentage of 6.35. They went, you know, a couple games without scoring on the on 5-on-5. Five on five. And uh, if that can improve, which it should with Pasternak back in the lineup, then the Bruins will be even more dangerous with the power play now rolling as well. Uh, and again, to do all this against... A very hyped Carolina team with the Tuka Rask situation going on. Yaroslav Halak being thrust into the limelight and while missing Pasternak for three games. Uh, full credit to Bruce Cassidy and the Bruins leadership group for navigating those choppy waters amid, uh, you know, the fight from the Hurricanes and for getting through it better than it. Even I could have expected. I thought it was going to go maybe six, at least, possibly seven games. What to get it done in five, uh, full credit to this Bruins team. And it's very encouraging going forward, uh, no matter who they play, in my opinion. Now let's take a look around the league. Just to wrap up here, the Bruins' second-round opponent is still very much up in the air because the other two Eastern Conference playoff series are still ongoing after... Um, the Montreal Canadiens defeated the Philadelphia Flyers last night to push that series to a sixth game. They're still down in that series, um, but, you know, still alive, still hanging in there. And then the Islanders and Capitals, the Islanders have a 3-1 lead, and they will play tonight um, with the Capitals trying to pull off the reverse sweep against the Islanders. Um, It's... Very much looks like the Bruins will play the Tampa Bay Lightning with the um, Islanders seemingly on the verge of eliminating the Capitals. So it would be, uh, say, if Philadelphia wins and the Islanders win, then it would be Philly Islanders and then Tampa Bay and Boston matching up in the second round. Um, If the Capitals were to come back and the Flyers win, then it would be Philadelphia against Boston and Tampa against Washington. If the Canadians were to 
come back, then Tampa would be the new top seed, and it would be Tampa versus Montreal, and then Boston against the winner of Washington and the Islanders. So things still very much up in the air with these two series still ongoing. But if the teams winning are able to close it out, then it will be Boston-Tampa Bay in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is kind of what we all expected going in to the playoffs back in March. The Bruins would have been the top seed, play a wildcard team, could have even been the Carolina Hurricanes. Toronto and Tampa would have played as 2-3 in the Atlantic, and then uh, Boston would have played the winner of that series. So, you know, kind of shaping up the way we expected, although under the new NHL playoff format or the return-to-play format, the Bruins dropping to fourth has thrown a wrinkle into that plan and uh, they could have instead played the lowest seed but here we are anyways what else is going on out there obviously me referencing the lightning means that they have defeated the columbus blue jackets that happened yesterday thanks to braden point in overtime so the lightning moving on after a five game series win over the blue jackets and the Colorado Avalanche are also moving on after uh, just making very easy work of the Arizona Coyotes. Former Bruins foe Nazem Kadri is just on fire for the Avalanche right now, as is Nathan McKinnon, and that's a very, very dangerous team in my mind. I was talking last night to my brother-in-law about the Eastern Conference playoffs, and then looking at the West, I see... Vegas and Colorado, both as very dangerous teams that will be tough to beat for anybody coming out of the East. The Blues lost last night after going up 3-1 and then allowing three straight goals to the Vancouver Canucks. So the Canucks are now up in that series. A matchup of previous Bruins final foes and I'm actually rooting for the Canucks in this one since the Blues well you know screw the Blues what else is going on um well I am now officially caught up on billions after watching the final not the final episode but the most recent episode that aired season five was delayed or put on pause because of COVID I'm hoping that will come back so I'm not really sure what I'm going to watch in the time that the Bruins have off here. Um, I am re-watching How I Met Your Mother. I'm on season three now. Reading Bring Up the Bodies by Hilary Mantel, which is a sequel to Wolf Hall. Very good if you're into historical fiction. Very excited about a new Killers album that's coming out tomorrow. And also listening to a lot of Sleeping at Last these days, who I just uh, love very, very much. Other than that, yeah. Getting ready for the end of March break here. Longest March break ever. School will be starting up here soon. And so we're kind of just enjoying the last days off, but also very much ready for life to return back to some bit of normalcy uh, after this COVID craziness, which thankfully up here in Canada, uh, not completely under wraps, but um, we're doing well enough to get some things rolling, uh, including school with masks, of course. 
Anyways, that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren or follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. We are gearing up for round two, and you can expect daily content from the podcast all throughout the playoffs. You can also check out the Locked On NHL podcast for great content over there. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, friends. I very much appreciate each and every one of you who take some time to hang with me and hear me talk about the Bruins every day. And I hope you all have a great Thursday and continue to celebrate the Bruins series win over the Carolina Hurricanes. On to round two. Bring it on. Hi, Bruce. Um, The other night when Charlie Coyle was bumped up to the first line, Jack Stanika centered the third line. Uh, How comfortable are you with with him in that position if if called upon again today versus uh, having him on the wing kind of as a a young guy just fighting his legs in the NHL? Yeah, well, he he actually – they may have switched a a little bit for a face-off as of right now, but actually Crowley stayed in the middle and Jack was on the right and Bjork on the left. We made that switch. Uh, I'd be fine with Jack in the middle, though. Um, he's taken draws in the second power play unit the other day uh, with with the Brusque and Kasha out there. So uh, if the penalty expires and you play center, we're fine with it. He's he's a good uh, um, he's got a good defensive conscience, um, knows where to go in his own end. Second effort guy, so he'll always you know reload well and work back in his own end. The only issue you're going to run into him, whether he's a wing or a centerman. Ian is is his strength in the battles. I mean, he he's new to this uh, NHL playoffs, so that you're dealing with men out there. But so far, I think he's handled it well. Uh, he's found the inside ice. Um, he's done his job away from the puck systematically. He's picked up what we're trying to do. So, again, whether it's center or right wing, we're fine with it. We just happen to have a good depth down the middle. Uh, when he plays, he's one of six guys now because Crowley plays Lindholm, Coyle, Berge, Kretschy. So it's it's a good uh, situation to be in for us. Yeah. 